Hey everyone, it's Mike here. I just wanted to say a couple of things before we get into this podcast. This is a sit-down conversation with Peter Gibson, who's our local MP and represents Darlington in Parliament. You might have opened this podcast thinking it was going to be all about politics. And, you know, it includes a politician, so it kind of is in some ways. But we didn't want to talk about that. What we wanted to know was about Peter's job about his role, his heart for the town, and some of the challenges that he faces in his role. What we hope is, is that from this conversation, you realise that we're really not interested in pushing a political party as a church. That's not what this is about. But actually, how can we as a church get behind and support our local MP, regardless of who they are and which political party they come from? God bless you all and happy listening. Hello and welcome to the King's Church Podcast. My name is Mike Coltman. I lead the church here in Darlington. And today I have a very special guest with me who needs not much of an introduction, but Peter Gibson, MP, who has kindly uh, agreed to come and allow, allow us to ask him some questions about his life and his role. Welcome, Peter. Good morning, Mike. Pleased to be here. Uh, so, Peter, we're going to start with just a little bit of fun, uh, just to try and ease you in and relax you. Uh, main thing with politicians is try and get them relaxed, catch them off guard. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to try and get you all relaxed. And well, yesterday I did the uh, Darlington 10K. Oh, well and, done. Uh, my legs feel like lead today. <laughs> what was your time out of uh, curiosity? So I did one hour and eight minutes. And that's fantastic. So I was just pleased to get around. It's, it's eight years since I last did. 10k run oh wow so i just wanted to get round and prove to myself that i could do it and uh, i did it the 10k run happens every year in darlington it's fantastic i did it last year with my wife it's just brilliant isn't it it was like, a lovely people atmosphere. come out cheer you yeah. all the way around uh it's brilliant so well done you for making it thank you and uh you didn't you weren't walking with a limp when you got here so it's good no, no. it doesn't show um so we're going to start with just a bit of would you rather um, normally this is kind of quick fire thing, but I might ask you just to clarify a couple of things. Okay. Um, so we're going to start off nice and easy. Uh, pizza or pasta? Ooh, pizza. Pizza. I, I do love a good pizza. Um, actually really, if, if that's a genuine question for a tea side audience, it should be pizza, pasta or parmo. Oh, uh, well you, you're getting way ahead of me here because <laughs> you got to slow down. Okay. We're getting there. We're building. Okay. Okay. Um, a, a run or a swim. We might've just figured that one out. Well, no, actually, uh, I do love to swim. It's the one thing that I will go to. Um, running's great. Uh, it's a great way to try and keep the weight under control, but, uh, no, I do love a good swim. Hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, I like a good swim too. Uh, now this is a twofold question. Uh, the first is, would you rather watch football or rugby? Oh gosh. Uh, I'm not really a particularly sporty person. No. Um, I have to say though, since I've been elected, I've been down to watch Darlington FC quite a number of times and I actually pay to be a member of the the club which makes me one of our fan owners. Mm. Um, so I have been enjoying going to watch the football and I haven't seen a rugby match uh, since I went to Twickenham with a group of friends uh, about four or five years ago. So at this point in time, uh, being a big supporter of Darlington FC, I think I'd have to say football. Oh, that's, well, that's good. Uh, well, that might answer the next question. Uh, would you rather play football or rugby? Uh, I'd rather not play either of them, to be honest. I'd rather go for the swim or if yeah. I really have to, I'll go for a run. 
Yeah, no, that's good. Good. Okay, well, that's all right. I'll take that as a fair fair answer. Now, would you rather eat a parmo or a kebab? A parmo. Well done. You passed the test. A <laughs> um, okay, would you rather spend a day with Liz Truss or spend a day with Rishi? You can do whatever you want. You can go. Oh wow, that's go really out to Walton Towers. You could go. You could go to Red Car Beach. You could do whatever you want. Would you rather spend a day with Liz or with Rishi? Can, I don't want to know who you would rather have in power. Can Can I expand upon my answer rather than just giving you a, a maybe? Okay. Yeah. So I I don't know Liz particularly well. Yeah. But I do know Rishi quite well. I've known Rishi for kind of getting on for about eight years since he was first selected to stand in place of William Hague in Richmond. And so you're going to answer Liz then? Rishi's kind of, well, let me, let me finish. Rishi's kind of one of those effervescent characters. He's, he's full of energy. He's Tigger-like. Right. He's very excitable. And you kind of know what you're getting. And I think a day with Rishi mm. would be really fun and exciting and enjoyable. And I think a day with Liz would be interesting and journey of discovery that I don't currently know. So I think it's very political. Even answer. though I am backing Rishi, yeah. I would opt for Liz so oh, that wow. I could get to know her a little bit better. That's not the answer because you know that Liz is going to win, is it? No. <laughs> we don't know who's going to win. I'm only playing. That's as political as we're going to get today, I promise you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you go for a coffee or a tea? Uh well I opted for a coffee when I arrived here, which is uh, as best you said, the best yeah. coffee in Darlington. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, I generally limit myself to one coffee a day and the rest of the time I drink tea. Mm. Uh, so if I haven't had a coffee and somebody offers me a drink and it's kind of like mid-morning, I'll have the coffee. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the time, it's it's a cup of tea. But actually in London, uh, when I'm in my flat, because you kind of, you're coming and going and you're arriving yeah. at different times and and buying milk that then goes off. So mm. I, I drink green tea when I'm in London. Oh, very good. Yeah. That's very London-like, actually. Mm. It's fitting into your culture and surroundings. I like it. Uh, now, Star Wars or Star Trek? Um, is there an inner nerd in there, the, the, like the, me? There is a bit of a nerd in, in me, but... I'm not kind of wedded to one or the other. Mm. I do a little, lovely little story. I remember my uncle who used to repair TVs and sell video cassette recorders in the early 1980s. And I remember him coming to our little house in Redcar and he brought this massive Betamax mm. video player and he brought a Star Wars um, film to watch. Awesome. So I've, I've got very happy memories yeah. of watching Star Wars. Brings back nostalgic memories. Yeah. So yeah. I think I would go Star Wars. Okay. Now you are obviously a very well-educated man, um, MP now, uh, serving our town. But if you had a different life and you had a different career path, would you rather have been an electrician or a plumber? Oh, gosh, there's a really complex way to answer this because my brother is a builder. He's a qualified electrical engineer. Ah. And he left that job a number of years ago and set off his own. Uh, and he started by fitting kitchens and bathrooms and he's mm. developed onto building extensions for people. So I, I quite like getting my hands on with things like that. But if my job had been different, I, I had an ambition at one time when I was a kid to um, work in retail. Mm. Uh, and I, I had a variety of jobs in retail as a, 
as a teenager. And I had an ambition to work for Marks and Spencers and I did actually apply for their graduate training scheme. But wow. St. Michael said no at the final hurdle. Oh, right. Wow. So, uh, yeah, well, that's not just any old training position. That's in the Marks and Spencer's training indeed, position. Indeed. Yeah. And I did spend, uh, I spent Christmas, uh, Christmas 1996 on the tills in the food hall at Redcar M&S. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good spot there. That's where I'm from, Redcar. So that's good. I didn't know we shared that in common. Maybe we need to talk about where you grew up. I'd like to know. Um, so that's great. Um, well, thank you so much for just answering that. I hope you feel loose and ready. <laughs> We're going to just dive into a bit of your week, a bit of your routine. Let's let's dive in. Brilliant. So, Peter, good. We've found out some things about you so far. It's nice. I feel like you're just opening it up. I'm not getting politicians' answers, which is the main thing we're trying to avoid today. And it's my fault for even bringing politics into it today, so I'm sorry about that. But just just take me back to young young Peter, growing up on the streets of Redcar, which I've just found out. At least I think you grew up on the streets of Redcar. We lived in Redcar till I was six, and then we moved to Saltburn. Oh, um, sorry about that. So Saltburn was, I have to say, one of the best places to grow up. You've got access mm. to the beach and the woods, and... It ties in so lovely hmm. with being in Darlington because if you didn't already know or listeners don't know, Saltburn sprang from the Prees family in Darlington. And, That's right. And I drive around Darlington and I look at the building and I think, I've seen that building before hmm. and I've seen its sister building. Yeah, it's Saltburn. holiday version yeah, yeah. in Saltburn. It's, uh, it's Darlington by the sea. Hmm. So I feel very lucky to have grown up in such a lovely place as Saltburn. Hmm. That's great. And tell me, wh- when you were growing up, I mean, did you – you know, did you, you've kind of shared a little bit about retail, but was there ever any, anything in you? What, what age did it come about? As I'm getting older now, I turned 35 just recently, I find I'm getting more and more interested in politics and the things, you know, behind poli- politician decisions and, um, any in a, in a going on, in a goings on within the country. Uh, did that happen for you in a later stage of your life that you became more interested in politics or was it something that you always thought, actually, I really, really find this interest. I really want to be involved in this thing. So I'll tell you the story from the, the very beginning. So uh, growing up in Saltburn, uh, we lived in Emerald Street. At the top of the street, there was a shop. Uh, you may very well know it, uh, a shop mm. called Keith Sports. Mm. And uh, I had a Saturday job there uh, as a teenager. And Keith, who owns the shop, stood for the council in the local elections in 1987. So I'll have been mm, Year I was born, just to let you know. <laughs> so I'll have been 12 <laughs> at the time. Mm. And uh, I got involved in Keith's election campaign, delivering leaflets and knocking on doors and collecting wow. numbers at the polling stations. And, and I really loved it and I really enjoyed it. And uh, so that kind of sparked my interest in politics. And then when I was 16, I joined the Young Conservatives. There was a branch in Gisborough that I joined. Um, I became the chairman and we did a parliamentary trip to London to visit Michael Bates, who was then our MP, and uh, kind of fell in love with the idea of being in Parliament, being in Westminster and aspired to doing that. But then mm. life gets in the way, doesn't it? You mm. you go to college, you go to university, you get a job, you build a career. And in my instance, um, went off and, and built a business. Mm. And so whilst I have been a member of the Conservative Party since I was 16 and actively involved in 
other people's election campaigns and supporting people for their elections and fundraising and organizing events. Mm. Um, it wasn't until 2017 that I actually decided that uh, I, I'd achieved a number of things in my life in terms of building business and home life was settled and that, mm. that I decided that now was the time to kind of do something a little bit further. Mm. Um, and so that's that's when this sort of fairly recent parliamentary journey started for me in uh, 2017. That's awesome. So, so it is kind of new to you in that sense. So, you, in um, terms of it, it thinking about it, being it, an MP, it, it, it isn't in the sense that it's kind of something that I'd thought long and hard about in the past. Yeah, but then had kind of parked whilst. Yeah, you put doing, it to one side. You didn't I, think hadn't it abandoned it. Hadn't yeah. forgotten about it. But yeah. just parked it to one side. Oh, that's awesome. So then elected and to to be an MP, um, which is. You know, I can imagine there's a whole flurry of emotions that comes with that. Um, and, and then you've now been in the post now. I mean, you're going to have to fill me in here. Um, so you decided in 2017. Um, Do you want, shall I tell you the story? Yes. Okay. So 2017 comes along yeah. and I decide that now you're gonna run. I'm going to, well, you've got to go through a process. The party mm. has to approve you and check you out, mm. put you through your paces and, um, they did that in 2017 and I stood in the red car constituency mm. in 2017. I did quite well, didn't win. Uh, took us from fourth place to second place, 17% swing to the Conservatives, highest mm. share of the vote since 1983. All of those really positive results. So I'd kind of earned my chips, done my brownie points as it were. And in 2018, the association here in Darlington, the Conservative Association was advertising for a candidate to stand for them. Uh, we'd previously had other candidates that hadn't won. Uh, we hadn't won the seat since 1987. Mm. We lost it in 1992. And uh, I was in the final three for the selection in December 2018. And they chose me as wow. their candidate. So effectively, I had a full year of campaigning in the run-up to that 2019 general election. And that that's kind of a bizarre situation and mm. scenario because you you've got to kind of project and look and feel as though you are the MP but hmm. you're not the MP and you've got no power and no control no autonomy but you've got to kind of convince people that you're capable of doing the job so yeah 2018 was a uh, 2019 sorry was a, a very tough year in terms mm. of working hard and campaigning and you know we 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 uh, we fielded a, a large number of candidates for the council elections, and we took control of the council. Yeah, in uh, May nineteen. So wow. So it's been a yeah, it's been a lot of work to get to where you are. It's a phenomenal amount of work, and I think people who aren't involved in politics they don't see the amount of work that actually goes in, and and mm. how much of that work is actually done by volunteers. Mm. Well, and that brings me nicely to the next question. Really, is you know. Uh, there's a, the old cliche for um, people uh, who are in the role that I'm in, uh, working for the church, and they say, well, you only work for Sundays, don't you? And there'd be a little bit of that for you, I, I guess. As, you know, you only work a few days a month when you're down in the House of Commons. You'd um, be deliberately provocative, that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you, you know, it comes with the territory. People don't always see what you do, so therefore they, they maybe think that you don't do anything. Um, but I know that's not true. Well, Mike, let me tell you, I, I ran my own business employing nearly 60 people before mm. I got this job. And I thought I worked hard then. Mm. I have never in my life worked as hard yeah. 
as I have done since December 19 wow. in, in this role. So tell me a little bit about that. What, I mean, what some people, norm, some people can ask me, you know, what, what, what do your week normally look like? What, what would a normal week look like for you? I mean, you, you know, do you, have you settled into some sort of routine now? Like I know these particular days I can be in Darlington, but these particular days I'm always going to be out. So what does a typical week look like for, so for Peter? A, a typical week. Um, so a typical week when we're in recess is different from a typical week when parliament is sitting. So it's mm. probably best for me to tell you about a typical week when parliament is yeah. sitting. So, uh, up six o'clock Monday morning, walk the dogs, hmm. go to the train station, jump on a train and get to London. Yeah. If I haven't got a school visit or a town's fund board meeting hmm. here in Darlington on that Monday morning, the house starts sitting from 2.30 on a Monday afternoon. It's all been confused by COVID yeah. because yeah. once upon a time, you'd go to London, you'd do London stuff and you'd come back to Darlington, you'd do Darlington stuff. Right. But because of Zoom and Teams, mm. I can be jumping on a train and then I'm called into a, a Zoom or a Teams meeting whilst I'm on the train. Or when I get to London, I've got to do a variety of things in the house. Um, I could have a question selected for the afternoon's questions. Yeah. Or there might be a debate on a particular piece of legislation that I'm planning to speak in. And that that's quite a drain of time because... Mm. The rules of the house are that if you are going to speak in a debate, you have to be there mm. at the beginning of that debate and you have to stay there until you get to speak. And then even after you've spoken, you have to stay for two more speeches after you've spoken mm. and you have to be there for the wind-up. So if you're going to speak in a debate, you need to clear at least four or five hours wow. to be able to do that properly. It's a big chunk every week. It is a big chunk. Yeah. And then we get to a vote on a Monday night, which is 10 o'clock, and then uh, back to the flat probably back at the flat, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, bed, up, run. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. <laughs> run in the morning. Um, then over at the um, house. Um, great to see that the windows are getting washed. Yeah, sorry about that for those who are listening and wondering what the strange noise was about. We we just had a shock there <laughs> of uh, the monthly window cleaning at the centre has uh, just, just uh, arrived on our window. And gave me a little bit of a shock behind me. And um, so sorry about that, Peter. We'll carry so, on. Yeah, okay. please carry on. So Tuesday, uh, very similar to the rest of Monday in the sense that you've got business going on in the house. It could be, uh, I sit on quite a number of all party parliamentary groups. They, right. could, they could be meeting in the morning. House sits from uh, 11.30. Again, questions, debates, uh, we vote at 7. And then in the evening, there's probably a number of meetings or receptions to go to for a variety of organisations. Mm. Wednesday, uh, we've then got Prime Minister's Question Time uh, right. at 12 o'clock. I call it the peak of the week pantomime uh, because it's just the only time that everybody comes together in the yeah. House of Commons. Almost chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got to be in there first thing. So I'm there at eight o'clock in order to put my prayer card in. Hmm. So you put your prayer card in. You've then got to be there for 11.34 prayers. Right. Because being at prayers in the House validates your prayer card, which then reserves your seat uh, for the remainder of the day. Okay. So we need to do some clarifying here because that that's a new phrase on me. So within the House of Commons, there is there are prayer cards. What what exactly is this? Is this just a so if you term? Look, so every day at the start of, of 
uh, the start of business every day. So 2.30 on a Monday, 11.30 on a Tuesday, Wednesday, 9.30 on a Thursday, mm. prayers take place. So right. the House of Commons speaker has a chaplain. The chaplain comes into mm. the House of Commons right. and leads a set of prayers every day. Wow. Um, you put your prayer card in the slot where you want to sit. You have to be in your seat at the point where your prayer card is right. and be there for the full set of prayers in order to validate your prayer card. Right, wow. So, And the, the prayers are really quite beautiful prayers. Um, if you'd like me to send you a copy, I can. Uh, I would them. absolutely love to Because it's see kind that. of written in quite old English. It's yeah. quite quite flowery, quite flamboyant. Mm. But it's not filmed, it's not televised. It's in, mm. it, it sits in private, but I can certainly send you a copy. That sounds amazing. I, that, that, I've just learned something new there. So that takes place every day. Yeah. Um, but Wednesday is the pantomime day. That's when, the Wednesday is we on TV and shake our heads up. Yes, peak, peak of the week pantomime, and and people think um, that that's all that we do, and, and it isn't. I mean, mm. work and time in the chamber is literally probably about five percent of my work. Yeah, five ten percent. Um, and people do watch Prime Minister's Question Times and they do shake their heads. But, yes. you know, it's a team game. Mm. Politics is a team game. Mm. And our opponents are sitting opposite us. And so you cheer your team on mm. and they boo you and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but it is a pantomime. It, it's it's not really where real political business is no. done. Um, it's entertainment, which is hence why I call it mm. peak, peak of the Some week. people find it entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, difficult. So then Wednesday, uh, we we vote again at seven o'clock on a on a Wednesday, and then depending on what I've got on on a Thursday over the last year, I've been mm. doing a thing called the Armed Forces Parliamentary Scheme. Oh. So I've been attached to the army over the course of the last year, spending a number of days, and they've typically been on a Thursday. So I haven't been getting back to Darlington until Thursday night. Mm. Um, but if I'm not doing an Armed Forces Day, then Wednesday night, I'll try and head straight back. Right. Um, so when Thursday, sorry, is a day that I can, I can do some visits. I can catch up on signing the post that's been prepared here. Yeah. Um, Friday is the day that I kind of set aside for doing visits. Yeah. Um, be that um, schools, school assemblies, mm. charities, businesses. I've been to some of these visits. Yeah, yep. indeed. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do on a Friday. Um, most MPs tend to do their surgeries on a Friday. I tend to do mine on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, because for a lot of people who are working, they can't get in during the working week. So it's doing true. them on a Saturday is a great way of being able to use some extra time. Saturday mornings, I'm typically out either door knocking, litter picking, visiting businesses. Saturday afternoon, typically doing surgery. Mm. And then uh, Sunday, uh, I try and have it as a day of rest. Mm. I Good. try and have a day off. Sounds like you um, need it. But there are times that you feel a sense of obligation that you've got to. So, for example, yesterday, mm. Darlington 10K run. Yeah. You mean that's not how you like to spend your days off? <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> or, or indeed, you know, visiting churches and, and yeah. going to a variety of services across yeah. the town. Um, there could be community events going on. So, and then rinse and repeat for the following week. Yeah. Well, bless you. That is quite a week. Um, and it's good to just hear that actually. I mean, for me and Tom, who was here recording, sh- nodding his head too, because it's just good to hear actually, what does your week look like? And just moving on to Darlington as a whole for a second. Um, what are, what are the main changes that you would love to see in Darlington? Like if you're thinking about the years ahead and even beyond your legacy, what, what is it that you would love to see in Darlington and, you know, the next te- 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but 
maybe even starting by, hey, this is what I'd love to see. By the time I hand this seat over to somebody else, this is what I'd love to see accomplished in Darlington. What are the key things right now that are on your heart for this town? But also what would you love to see maybe in the future of, of this town as well? Well, it's really interesting that you've asked me that just now because I've just literally left the Darlington Towns Fund Board meeting, which is a, a group of councillors, myself, uh, and a variety of businesses and organisations that are co-opted onto a panel to look at um, how the town is spending that £23.3 million Towns Fund money. Mm. And there's a whole host of things that are all coming together. I do feel incredibly privileged to be the MP at this particular point in time because there are some really positive things happening mm. from the expansion of the train station, the Towns Fund money, the arrival of the Northern Economic Campus and all those job opportunities. We're getting ready and preparing for the investment in the Rail Heritage Quarter and the uh, celebration of the 200th anniversary of the railways. So there's a, a whole host of things that are coming together that are separate, but they kind of abut and help and support each of those things. Um, there are some perennial challenges in Darlington. There are perennial challenges in, in any constituency. Yeah, And one of those things is obviously deprivation, poverty, um, access to work. And uh, one of the things that I want to see and what I hope that my legacy is in the sense that one of the things that I campaigned from from the very start is to to bring jobs and opportunity to the town. So mm. we are seeing investment at Darlington College where they're going to start doing T-levels from the start of the year. We've got the expansion of adult education with the lifetime skills guarantee. So people yeah. have left school and college without qualifications can go back and, and study. That's awesome. And then you see those job opportunities coming from the Northern Economic Campus with you know, hundreds of jobs being advertised at any one time on the civil service website, giving people the opportunity to earn really, really great salaries, mm. really good jobs at the heart of government, but without actually having to leave Darlington so that they mm. can stay local, but still go far in their careers. Yeah. So I, I see, I see that as really key and really important to effectively leveling up. I know it's a much trite used phrase and, and it, it comes in for a bit of political criticism, but I think there's some real examples in Darlington of where we can see that leveling mm. up happening. Yeah. Um, I want to see a cleaner town. Mm. Um, do you mean cleaner as in physically cleaner or do you just mean? Physically cleaner. Right. Okay. Physically cleaner. Yeah. Um, I know the council's done quite a lot of work in terms of trying to clean our streets up and our alleys up and mm. clamp down on fly tipping. But it, it, it does sadden my heart when I see, you know, litter strewn our streets because it's a, for me, it's that kind of broken window scenario. Yeah. It says to somebody who's arriving here, people here don't care. No. People don't take pride in their town. Yeah. And, and I take pride in this town. I take pride in this role that I do. Mm. And I want everybody in this town to have that same sense of pride, not only about our history and about where we're going, but about the quality of life that we lead. Yeah. And that's emblematic about how our how clean our town is. So that's really yeah. important to me. I think it's also a symbol of how people feel about yeah. where they live, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, actually, I don't love it here. I don't. I don't want to be here. And um, so, I think there's a big knock-on effect, isn't there? But if people feel like they, you know, there's opportunities for them here. There's jobs for them here. There's community for them. They're not isolated. They're not lonely. All those different things. They they all have a knock-on effect, don't they? And that's. I think that's where 
um, us as a church and, and you as the MP standing as our member of parliament can work together in terms of how do we actually make Darlington just a better place for everybody in terms of community building and um, in saying those things to you, Mike, I don't want anyone listening to get the wrong impression about this town. This town is an amazing place. Oh, I love it here. It, it is full of amazing people, some incredible organisations yeah. and groups that do so much good work. Mm. Um, it's Some people might criticise me for saying this, but Darlington is a big village. Mm. It's a big village where people know each other. It's incredibly well connected. And I think if we harness all of those positives, mm. we can still even be better than we even are today. Mm. You don't have to go far to find people around here that love this love this town uh, deeply. Um, and, and I'm one of them. I'm moved back from Canada and think this is the best place on planet Earth. So um, I'm definitely one of those people. So in saying that, I mean, your heart is to see this place really doing well. Uh, clean people having opportunities, all those things that are on your heart right now, like as a legacy, when I'm finished as an MP, this is what I'd love people to remember that I've done or managed to accomplish with the help of other people. Um, but I, I wonder if you're able to share with me, maybe and be vulnerable to some degree about what are the things that really like just challenge you in this role? What are the things that make you think, oh man, this is such a, I wish this wasn't like this. I wish this would make my life so much easier in terms of achieving those goals that I have for this town. Um, what are some of the key challenges that you face? That's a really interesting question. And you want me to be vulnerable? Well, if you I'm can be, I be mean, some, I, you know, there's some things that, well, if I tell you about this person, they're a real challenge. You know, you can't share those things, but I wonder if there are things that you can share with us that are helpful for us to know about that are challenging, actually, the stand in the way of. So I'll say, I'll say a number of things. So one of the, one of the biggest challenges as a member of parliament is that people come to you with problems and difficulties that they want fixing. Hmm. And they generally come to you as the last resort. They've tried every other avenue. Yeah. And sometimes it's about the individual that's come to you. And there could be some significant challenges in that individual's life. Could be significant issues about mental health. Um, so that's quite a challenging aspect to the role that you're dealing with people. Um, in some instances who are suicidal. Yeah. Um, so that's a real challenge to the job on a, on a personal level. But one of the challenges that you face is that you are you are butting up against bureaucracy. Hmm. You want to unlock problems for individuals who come to you, but it could be that the, the council's channels are blocked or the organisation you're dealing with channels are blocked or a government department has got a level of bureaucracy that is sort of fighting against you. Hmm. And that's sort of the biggest challenge. Um, on an emotional, personal level, I would say that the you have to do develop a quite a thick skin in terms of the detractors. Um, the whataboutery is a, hmm. a a huge challenge, you know. So last week uh, I did a, a short video on Facebook highlighting that one of fifty roads has been resurfaced here in Darlington on Conscliffe Road. <laughs> you know, it's bright and shiny and clean, and it's got new new lines on it, and it's yeah. you know it's, it's great, it's brilliant. Um, and it's one of 50 that the council are doing this year. So that's something to celebrate. Yeah. But then you get the comments yeah, underneath yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like, well, yeah. what about my road? And there's still yeah. a pothole here. And have you sorted that park bench out there? And I still mm. haven't got my passport. And it's, you, 
you, you, you'll have seen the film mm. Bruce Almighty, mm. where yeah, all, yeah. all those questions are where coming in. you just in. say yes to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can't say no, yes no, to everybody, can't. and you can't fix everything. Um, mm. But I'm surrounded by a great team in my office. Mm. I've got an excellent relationship with the leadership at Darlington Council and our councillors. And I think collectively we are doing as much as we physically possibly can yeah. to try and fix those problems yeah. for people, but it, it's never going to be perfect. It's, it's, and, and I am yeah. a bit of a perfectionist. And mm. so not being able to fix everything straight mm. away for people, I'm a little bit impatient, mm. um, is, is a frustration. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of a personal challenge for me that I need to manage and, you know, having that time off and that time to switch off and recharge the batteries. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. I think I think what you're pulling out really is, look, I'm doing as much as I can in so many areas. And there's, of course, there's things that I'd love to see every road resurfaced in Darlington. I think that's what you're saying. Um, but it's celebrating the wins, you know, not focusing so much on on the things that that would nice be nice to be better. Can, can I yeah. just be political for just a tiny oh, I'd tiny rather sec- you didn't. Tiny but, second. Uh, no, if this if you say the word <laughs> Labour or Conservative, we're ending this right now. <laughs> all I want to say is that myself and my other Teesside colleagues we're all from here mm. and we're, we're wedded to the communities that we represent and we we want to see and do our best. And in the past, mm. people that have been elected for some of our communities here mm. in the Northeast haven't necessarily been from here yeah, and have therefore not necessarily been as wedded to solving the problems. And their mantra has often been, it's terrible here. Yeah. It's awful here. Mm. Whereas I think, I see myself as being an ambassador for the town and mm. selling the positives about the town. Yeah. Because you don't attract people to come live here, work here, shop here, develop businesses, mm. invest their businesses here if you tell them how terrible it is. Yeah. Well, I agree. This place is awesome. And if you don't live in Downton, I feel sorry for you. Um, so in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, from from our point of view, what I would like to say is, we, we appreciate what you do. And I even have had stories from people within our church who have come to you in times of need and from other churches, refugees and, and so on and so forth that have come to you and you've helped them. And I, I really appreciate that. My, my time with you personally, uh, coming to you as uh, the leader of this church here has always been positive and encouraging. So I, I want to encourage you in that, but I, I guess I want to finish with the question. It's a, a two part question is, what what can we do to help you? I think one of the things is, as a church, you know, we want to cheerlead you. Um, we might not agree with everything politically that you stand for. We probably not actually, um, but but that's not the point. We we believe that you're in this position for a reason, um, and we believe that our job is to 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 uh, bless you and help you where we can. Um, but also, how as a church can we? pray for you. What, what do you think, man? I'd, you know, I'd love you just to get behind me and pray for me in this. Um, so is there anything practically or even just in prayer that we can support you, you in, uh, as, as you, as you represent this town uh, as uh, on a political level? Um, I guess you've answered a lot of that already, but I'm going to leave it. Just, just ask you that question really. I don't know what your answer would be, but I want to ask you anywhere. Well, I'm just going to 
pick you up on just one thing that you said. Mm. You you think that we would probably not agree on things politically. And throughout this discussion, you've been nodding and agreeing with pretty much everything. Yeah, but we haven't talked politics. <laughs> well, well, we have. We have. Yeah. We've talked about nothing yeah. but politics no, because but you, politics yeah. in this town, yeah. politics yeah. as I see it, is about yeah. the quality of life no. that people live. And it's about the opportunities that they have and the surroundings that they mm. live in yeah. and the community that they engage yeah. maybe, in. Maybe I should clarify for a second. <laughs> I think when we, uh, I think many people, when they uh, hear news stories or read news articles or um, see people that you would work alongside or for whatever reason have to uh, support um, when we're not supportive of what they're doing, um, it, it can make things, it, what, what I'm saying is politics all of a sudden becomes very muddy. You know, it becomes very murky. There's nuances to different things and, uh, decisions that are made. And we can sometimes allow that to get in between actually what we've got here in Darlington, we can really work together on, which is what we're saying right now. Well, uh, just to use some of Joe Cox's words, we've got more in common than that divide, than that which divides us. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that's why we wanted to have this conversation with you to say, hey, like, tell us about what you get up to in the week. Tell us about how we can support you. Tell us about things that are on your heart for this town and 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 tell us about how so let, we can support I'm you. I'm more that. than happy to answer the question, yeah. Mike. So, in terms of practical things, you've got a you've got a large congregation of people hmm. who live in this town. Those people can help this community in in tangible, physical ways, and I'm sure many many of them do. Hmm. In terms of not only supporting your uh, activities here, be it with the the furniture store, the cafe, the food bank, and all mm. of that great outreach work that you do. But those people can also be cheerleaders in their community. They can lead a litter pick. They can mm. help organize things in their own specific street that they live and work in. Mm. But you can also channel and direct people to me that come to you in need. And I know I've spent time with you down here at the food bank. If you've got people who are coming here who need help, Mm. and support that I may be able to help and support with to direct them to me. So those are practical things that I think that this uh, relationship can, can bring. And I know that you've engaged extensively with my interfaith roundtables mm. and, and that's really welcome. But in terms of praying for me, um, it seems very indulgent for me to ask for your prayers. Um, I, I appreciate the offer and I know that there are a number of other churches that do pray for me in their services. Um, it's a very humbling experience to be mm. sat in a church service and to hear your name read out and the mm. entire congregation praying for you. Um, it is appreciated. Uh, it does help draw some strength and solace in the loneliness of the job because mm. it is an incredibly lonely mm. job. But I think rather than praying for me personally, I think you would be better praying for the people who face the challenges in this town mm. that I'm there to help and support. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a good answer. But we'll pray for you too. We do pray for those people. But we also pray for you. So, thank you. Uh, so I want to say thank you so much for just coming in, sharing some time with us. Pleasure. I'm very aware that you're onto your next appointment. Um, and, uh, we, we want to just thank you. Can I just pray with you right now before you go? Is that okay? Happily. Um, Father, I thank you so much, uh, for Peter. I thank you for him coming in to share his story, uh, today, some of his story and, uh, just, uh, being willing to be open and honest about some of the challenges that he faces, but also just what's on his heart for this town. 
Lord, I just pray that you would bless him. He would know that um, that as a church that we want to see him uh, doing his very best for this town. And uh, Lord, we we are here to support him in all of the work that he has um, to to help the most vulnerable and the needy in this town, but also to see people really love where they live. And Lord, we're so desperate to see this community um, feel really supported and cared for. Um, and that's our goal as a church. That's our mission as a church. And I thank you that Peter's heart is to see that too. So Father, I just pray that as he goes, he uh, he feels sent um, and knows that uh, you are with him, Lord. And when he needs wisdom, when he lacks wisdom, uh, your word says, Lord, just to ask for it and it will be given to him. Um, so Lord, we just pray that he asks for wisdom when he needs it and uh, and you continue to build our friendship uh, over the years to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming thank in. You. And uh, and if anybody's listened to this and spots Peter in the street or running, uh, give him a good cheer because uh, he'll need it. But if you just see him around the street, just let him know and say hi. Tell him you've listened to it and uh, just encourage him. Um, and other than that, we'll see you on our next podcast and uh, have a great week. <laughs>